Saludo mi gente. Welcome to Dismantling the Fuckery, the podcast where we deconstruct the illusion and unleash the fabulosity. I'm your host, Gohenna Angelique, your fierce neurodivergent Juyurican poet and an advocate for decolonial liberation. So get ready to dive into the messy, uncomfortable, and transformative work of dismantling the systems of oppression and the limiting beliefs that hold us back. We're here to reclaim our power, embrace our magic, and rise into fabulosity. So grab your cafe, your tea, I don't know, maybe you need a shot, and let's get into some fuckery. Saludo mi gente, welcome to Dismantling the Fuckery, episode 11. Oh goodness, let's get into it. So I wanted to talk about being patient with yourself. How do we cultivate patience and self-compassion when we are growing, shifting, changing, um, going through going through it, whatever the it may be? Um, how do we actually because you can be the type of person who's super hard on yourself. I am that times 10, right? To the 10th power or whatever. Um, there is this relationship that we've been taught to cultivate with ourselves that is very driven by ableism, capitalism, all of the things, conditioning, right? And then there is this place that is much more what what I would consider like a secret garden situation where you're longing to grow, you're longing to change. And if your life has been full of opportunities for growth and change, then it doesn't feel as welcoming to have to go through a, a process of whatever length. Actually, what it is, is, is the process is the part that we're getting tripped up on, right? Because we live in a world that has that time can be such a portal and the moment of you speaking and its actualization can vary in time. What I mean by that is like we live in a time where you can, depending on your own alignment, your own relationship, your external context, there's a lot of factors in it, but where you can declare something, say something, and you're moving through the uh, actualization of it, right? There's that. Having said that, that there are many opportunities and many ways that things can show up in that way or move in that way, there is also um, the long path with some things, right? And I think that when we're talking about this long path, and what I mean by that is that there's no hack or quick fix to it, right? It's going to be a series of um, it's going to be a series of coming back, uh, kind of like regression and progression, regression and progression. And the longer you stay with it, the longer you stay with the process, the more you honor it, the more you are present with it with compassion then that changes like what's possible inside of a process. So just to get more specific with it, I'll try my best to use examples. I'm, I do better with in the moment medicine than trying to like conjure up examples because when I try to conjure up examples, I'm looking to my life because I have the consent to share from it versus all the stories I've heard, right? 
And so trying to find an example is like making up a story for me because I try to separate it from people's stories that I have been gifted with. So, but you know, for example, you may be in a relationship with something that has been, you have experienced layered and layered and layered and layered amounts of conditioning around it. And so the unraveling from that, it's the undoing of the layers of conditioning may take time. And in taking time, let's say, for example, um, I mean, we can talk about this when it comes to money. We can talk about this when it comes to relationships. We can talk about this when it comes to creativity. There's so many ways we can talk about it that are specific to a topic, but I want to keep it general so we don't get lost in it, right? Like if there's all these layers between what you were conditioned in and what you experience and what you kind of shaped out of your experiences, that's another layer of like conditioning, that's self-conditioning. And it's generally what we believe about what's happening, excuse me, or the meaning we make of it. When you're unfurling those things, especially when the texture of the way you work with it is intense, it may take a little bit longer for you to earn your own trust so that all the layers and the pieces can come up to be transformed, to be seen, to be healed, etc., versus you when you're hard on yourself when you're constantly like judging and berating yourself for not moving through something quick enough you actually don't create a sense of safety with yourself and the safety is a very emotional and um i want to say psychosomatic and simultaneously like it impacts your psyche as much as it impacts your emotions how you're being with yourself and your self-concept and your self-belief and one of the things that I know for me that I've learned to trust is that as a person, I'm always going to want to grow and I'm always going to want to be learning things. And right, like I it's not just a theoretical idea to me, um, uh, healing or being a person that is not defined by pain or is not defined by my experiences, especially the hard ones, right? I have a lot of those. Um, and so because I know that about myself, I also know that part of learning is practice and part of learning is sitting with things. And part of learning is like, there's, you can take in all the information, but what figuring out what works for you, what doesn't work for you is going to require time. Time is relative and yet still, uh, unfurling in all the dimensions. And what I mean by that is like your body, your mind, right? Your uh, emotions, your like your the very simple day to day ways you are with yourself and your ecology, your home. You know what I mean? Like how you are. Those things um, require processes to transform and to shift. And because of that, I have to be willing and as as excited as I am about growth and as excited as I am about change or shifting that some processes require a bit more time and some may move much more quickly. And that with that, I can't look at myself and which I do. So let's not get it twisted. I don't want to I don't want you to get confused here. I am not coming from this. I have figured out entirely how to, you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I still do that. There are moments where I, my expectations of myself are actually hella unrealistic for my physical context. 
right or my physical experience and that I have to like slow down my own um my own relationship to what I want to see happen and noticing that I can be hella impatient and if you're neurodivergent and your mind is already built um in divine timing um that means that you can see something far off and you can see something like if it should be done yesterday because your concept of time is not attuned to this timeline, right? Like this one we're living in. And so, which is like 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week, that, that shit. And so what tends to happen is like, there's this, I have to remind myself that the way I'm going to build my self-concept, my esteem, my confidence, my trust in myself is by actually accepting myself at every stage of the process, accepting myself wherever I'm at. Um, and, and the way I've had to orient myself in that way, because I tend to and come from a lineage of, we have very high standards for leadership. We have very high standards. If you're a person that is um, that has the honor and the gift of being in relationship with a lot of people and who you have to, you're influential. You don't have to, but you're influential in many people's lives. When that is the case, there is a level and standard of responsibility that I was taught under, right? Uh, my mom was really good at that, uh, painfully so, right? <laughs> so that accountability and responsibility was always the first things we led with and we lead with. But the shadow of that is that we learn to become overly responsible and overly accountable and and that can have a long-term impact on the way you actually give yourself grace, compassion, um, space to grow and change, space to work it out. Um, and I think that there are pieces in here that unless you've experienced the sensation of compassion in your body as a frequency, it's hard for you to get that going for yourself because you actually don't know the texture of compassion. You don't know the texture of grace because you've been driving yourself into the fucking ground, right? Or you've been taught that that's the way you do something. Like, I'm always fascinated by people who say tough love is a way. Um, you know, I come from uh, being very um, dense <laughs> with that. Like, what I mean by that is like, you know, tough love is the it's the translation of survivor love and what i mean by that is that when you have survived some things and you've gone through the pit and you've you've sat in darkness and you've experienced so many things the tendency is to want to help another person go from i'm going to use language that i'm not a fan of but go from like victimhood that idea or that sensation into being empowered and so the methodology is to try to shake the person out and i know that we say that some people need those things but here's what's problematic about that what's problematic about tough love is that tough love like the tolerance of what can be abusive, what can be, um, what can be very uh, demanding, is actually a conditioning. It's something that people are conditioned to, meaning that either someone grew up or their life experiences were. It it wasn't until they were treated in a way that was familiar to them that they actually. 
um, respond, right? That's what tough love is about. Like if somebody's like, I'm going to give this person tough love, meaning I'm going to tell them the truth, you know, it may hurt and I may need to diminish, belittle or whatever. Nobody says that out loud, but this is what's happening <laughs> in order to get that person motivated by fear, because some people are motivated by fear. I understand that theoretically, but it doesn't land in our humanity. Because what happens is, is that the long term, what a person needs long term to create change in their lives to actually shift, right, is the compassion and patience with self, actually showing up with compassion and patience with self as you're learning and growing, despite your mind getting it, your psyche may not get it because there's so much to unravel. Your body may not get it yet because somatically you're still like, you know, locked off or you're not available. And so the deeper layer of this thing is really this recognition of being able to say to yourself, okay, what we need to learn is um, uh, the steady, long way of being with ourselves, which is a way of being, not something you're putting on. So you don't act compassionate with yourself it's as if you could lie to yourself about what you're actually believing, right? Like it's, it's a bizarre way of thinking. And so what I want to offer is that many times when we receive compassion from another, true compassion, not that fake empathetic shit that people be tossing around where it's like, oh, no, no, I actually feel for you, but they're not even resonantly in the same frequency of the emotion or the texture, right? Not that thing, but like genuine compassion and genuine um, patience the way you feel in your body when you have that experience. So it's going to, I'm asking you to recall for yourself a moment in which you were offered by someone else this extraordinarily compassionate moment and patient moment. How do you know? Because the release in your body physically, again, somatically, the release in it, you feel like loved and cared for and you feel warm and you're like oh okay wow I don't right you're not you're not you don't feel stupid you don't feel difficult you don't feel anything because true compassion and true patience that's the gift that it gives you it gives you a relief it doesn't mean that you it's gonna it lets you off the hook from responsibility or it lets you off the hook from accountability this is why tough love is problematic because what it's doing it's juxtaposing that love is always this very very like soft mushy uh lacking structure thing <laughs> and that we have to do the opposite in order to arrive at some sort of actual happening or actual being or doing so so I say this to also caveat this or make the space for the idea that while I'm not a big believer in it and I don't think that that's I don't think the messaging and the long-term impact of that type of ideology is great. I also understand that we live in a world where these dynamics are at play so consistently that some people um sometimes that's what is resorted to as a method of trying to get across to somebody. And why it is perceived as effective is because of the shock value that it has for the psyche to to treat and be with someone in that way, right? When the truth is for long-term sustainable change, you need a long-term sustainable practice way of engaging that actually will give you the impact, the results, et cetera, that you're longing for. And so 
Why does it work? It works because that's what people are conditioned toward, but it doesn't have long-term staying power. So to come back to this idea of when you have experienced compassion modeled by somebody else that is authentic and you feel it, you know, like that really good teacher you came across the one time that they were extraordinarily patient, never made you feel stupid, never made you feel full in the blank, right? Um, or, you know, uh, a bubby, a grandmother, um, una abuelita that, that was always so generous with you, right? We perceive it as generosity. It's really interesting to me too, right? Like that energy, that tender, cared for, but we still got to do the things energy is what you're tapping into to find that place of compassion for yourself. What you're going to have to do is create some objective space between you and you. And while this sounds kind of whatever, this, <laughs> I'm going to say bizarre again, what it's doing is it's rehumanizing you to you, that you are not a machine. You are not this this thing, this vehicle that you just, you know, your job is just to shine you up and keep you pushing. When you shift that orientation, it changes everything for you, right? You're like, oh, wait a minute. Actually, I'm a human being. Actually, what I'm expecting of myself is bizarre. An exercise for this that may be helpful is to actually take a piece of paper or whatever your your preferred method of processing is. Um, but I would suggest a piece of paper because you need to give yourself some distance. I would personally, I would collage on Canva or whatever thing you use images of your life, the people in it, your workplace, your home, all of these things, all of the things you're involved, your friendships, your family, all of the things. Get everybody's picture in there or representation of it. Take that collage, put it at the center of a piece of paper. You want to do large papers. I like large shit anyway. Um, you want to put it at the center of the paper. And what you want to do is you want to you want to create descriptions for each of these areas of your life. Like what's going on in them? What who are who's this person? How do you feel about them? Um what energizes you about this? What doesn't energize you about this? Um, I also want you to make sure that you have a picture of you at the center of this collage, a full body picture in as much as is possible, because I want you to see your full body and create a description of where your body is at. And what I mean by that, for example, um, I had not long ago pinched a nerve in my left shoulder. So I'm working through um, the healing process of that. I'm, you know, doing physical therapy, et cetera. But having my left shoulder impacted, which means I'm compensating with my right more, um, is doing a thing to my body. So that's what's present in my body right now, along with, you know, my moon time and things like that, right? Um, and then I have like, there's external experiences that are going on. So you want to contextualize yourself. You wanna you wanna be able to say, um, for example, if you're putting if you put finances in this imagery somewhere, you wanna you wanna GPS that. Like, where are you with that? You wanna tell the you wanna tell the truths, but the truths not as perceived by the world, but like what's real for you, what's stressful for you, what isn't. Because rehumanizing yourself is going to allow you to actually see visually in this activity that you're doing, actually see visually all that you have 
actually going on. And then you get to look at your expectations in relationship to what's actually present in your life and realize the lack of compassion because you're already loaded or your life is fill in the blank or you have a lot of this, but not enough of that. You get to see that in an objective way, right? Rather than subjective that it's so close that you're driving and you, you keep on going and going, right? Like it's one of those things where the machine is you, you just keep on, you think that if you just press ahead, that that's going to um, somehow be the thing, right? Or the opposite of that, which is, you know, again, this is like, uh, um, it has varying places to inhabit. The opposite of that is that you freeze, you know, you, you run, whatever the dynamics are that cause you to not actively engage. You have to be able to look at what is present so that you're able to actually be in a relationship with this that you can be genuinely looking at this life of yours and go, you know, holy shit, I probably should be a little gentler because look at the, all the things I have going on. I need to exercise compassion because if this was another person, an external person, right? Outside of you, not you, someone else, you would probably try to support them and, and remind them to be gentle with themselves, etc. Or you may result to the same type of abusive behavior you engage with with yourself, <laughs> right? Like I think about that when I see that, I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me how you are with yourself. <laughs> I hope that someday you can find, you know, like gentleness and and simultaneously like what does it look like to be fierce within love? What does it look like to, like, you don't have to be a hard ass in order to get things done and in order to have compassion. And compassion is not a lack of structure. It's not a lack of action, right? Love is not a lack of structure. It's not a lack of action, <laughs> right? We get to look at these things and go, wait a minute, why the fuck? Okay. So I can lovingly and encouragingly help myself do something that I need to do, uh, talk myself up or whatever the case may be, right? What I need for the moment. And it may not be sustainable for me to stay there, but I may use that as a tool. But I don't need to be abusive with myself in order to entreat myself. And that's where this comes in. That's where this understanding of compassion and if you're a person who has had a lot of challenging experiences in the past, what I want to offer you is this recognition of you may need to spend some time being around some kind people, um, some gentle people, some people that are modeling compassion for themselves and others, and usually... You know, you can go one or two ways with this. Either it brings up the lack of it in your life. And so people tend to cling to other people that are like that, which you want to be mindful with those boundaries. Or the other side is, right, people tend to try to gravitate toward that tough medicine that you think is going to get you where you need to go. But you need more exposure around the energy, the frequency, the practices that are going to help you learn to be gentler and more patient with yourself. And I know we have a lot of um, 
sayings around patience, you know, so we say it's a virtue or on the other side of that, people are like, don't ask for patience because you're going to get trials. I grew up with that saying. And I think that, um, I think it's bullshit. Um, I think that if patience feels like a word that doesn't feel generative, then find a similitude to it. You know, I think uh, kindness is beautiful for that. Um, gentleness, tenderness, right? Like, how can I be more tender with myself as uh, would be languaging that I recognize. Um, and that's another layer, right? Because you have, we all have these language patterns that are much more, um, they, they're much more habitual because of the way our, our minds understand and understand patterns. And so it'll be a habit for you to use a particular language. So what you want to do is if you're stuck in language that is very uh, depleting and subtracting and you're trying to find an alternative way to speak about yourself, which is this is what mindset is about, right? It's like looking at patterns in language that may be either blocking, um, creating or entirely like undoing, right? Dismantling. And so... When you're going to engage in that, I want you to go slowly because if you use words that you really don't fully understand or inhabit, it's not part of your vernacular, what's going to happen is that it's going to be stiff. It's going to be rough um, for you to actually integrate the its meaning versus if you find language within your glossary, like your personal glossary, right? Like, oh, I use, I do use tenderness. I understand tenderness, right? Um, you know, uh, if I'm thinking about compassion, I understand gentleness, right? Like the, those words to me, I understand them. So I'm going to use them as the synonyms to these other words that don't feel quite right. Um, but what you want to watch for is that you don't use words that are close to the prison that you've been living in, <laughs> right? So you want to watch for that. You want to make sure that the word, while it's a synonym, it's still something that represents the energetic frequency of the, uh, you know, the word that you're substituting it for or bringing it into relationship with, Um because the frequency of the word is holding its meaning. And that is the thing that you want to integrate in order to practice self-compassion, in order to practice self-patience, in order to be with yourself in that, right? And that this is, this is the part that's glorious. And then you can continue to shape and shift as you expose yourself to more words and language that offers you a different type of container to inhabit you want to do that slowly so that your, your your somatic experience of it is aligned with your intellectual excitement about it, right? Like, oh, I'm going to use this word because, yeah, that makes sense. I want to self-care, you know, whatever. We use all these words, but if they actually don't mean anything to you because they're not in your lexicon, in your vocabulary, then what's going to happen is you'll just be saying words. And today, friends, we have... I mean, some people are good at the words. I'm a poet, so I'm good at the words. But my relationship with words is very much about their depth, their texture, which is why sometimes you'll see that I put up definitions or I'm looking because I love to know the energetic frequency of a word, its origin. Simultaneously, I understand wordplay in terms of all the fucking words we use today that are, you know, where we're like, well, this has an origin that wasn't great. And then, but we're trying to transform it, transmute it. I get all of that shit. It's all tricky, right? 
and all very human of us to do that, to try to evolve a language. But again, you want to stay, you want to stay within the frequency of what you can actually like feel and sense. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for the sensation that actually inhabits the frequency of patience, you know, being gentle, taking your time, things like that. Otherwise, you're just you're just exchanging a word for another without it actually being able to be integrated. So you want to watch that, right? You need to rehumanize yourself in order to find the places of compassion. It took me getting to a place of I don't even think it's fucking rock bottom where I've been. (laughs) It's shown up in so many different ways. But these places are like really dark challenged for me to be like, what in the fuck? Literally, that's what happens to me. I'm like, okay, time out. This shit is way too much. There's something else going on here. And I'm going to need to... My my thing is like, I'm going to put the kibosh on this shit because my self-talk, my self-concept, all of these things are really struggling in the light of this... Uh, excuse me, this glossary, this, this um, vocabulary that I have or that I've adopted to or et cetera, right? Like, it's like, oh, wait a minute, we need to really check into these things because of getting to these places where, you know, it's like it's the end of the rope. There's nothing left and you have to release in order to shift your context. And I feel like that has been a catalyst for me to take even much more serious and deeply the self-compassion and the self-treatment, right? my relationship to myself because the only how and this is this is the crux of it all right if if i'm going to broad stroke it the crux of it all is actually us you the world is going to be transformed by both our actions and our internal frequency and if our internal frequency is is like a fucking half blown out light bulb or uh, it's like a, trying to turn the key on a car and it won't start because the generator is busted, whatever the case may be, right? Whatever the thing is, we won't be able to hold the frequency long enough for the transformation to happen. You need the you need the frequency, the energy of the thing is what changes the long-term impact of the thing. If you just focus on one aspect, you are actually uh, diminishing the impact that energy has on one another and to change the world and long-term sustainable change versus this very surface engagement that's possible because of the world we live in, right? Like these dimensions, these different realities that we're uh, coming across with a frequency that's, you know, bananas again. It's bizarre. Um, And so you being able to look at this and me being able to say, okay, what it, what does it look like to give myself time to shift from the inside out? That's what we're talking about. We could talk about oppression to the cows come home. We could talk about fucking you bring anything. We could talk about it. It doesn't talk is part of right. Expressing through verbal articulation is part of the root of everything lies in the energetic texture of the inside of the human being or doing. 
<laughs> right? Like it's the inside energy vortex that actually influences and transforms the external. So that, you know, sometimes when I'm reading my poetry or if I'm sharing something that is deeply woven into the fabric of my being, the experience for people in externally is, uh, you know, it's all inspiring. It's beautiful. I'm always grateful for the impact when people are like, you know, I felt that deeply. You felt it deeply because I inhabited the words. They're not just these things that I'm putting out. They actually carry a signature frequency of the experience from the inside out. Do you see what I'm saying? So when I'm talking about it, the conviction, the the emphasis, the my body motion, the way I'm with the words that I'm using or what I'm describing or what I'm sharing has so much impact because of how deeply connected it is to me. Versus if I'm just accessing something from my mind, which is just an articulation of an idea of a, of a thing, fill in the blank. Its impact is entirely different. Its energy feels different because it's not anchored, right, as an integration yet, or it may not be something that needs to be anchored as the integration. This is why taking the time to internalize, to integrate for yourself, to actually show up for it. That's why I'm like, I'm a big fan of like, no, no, I get that you can verbatim anything. I'm happy for you. I, and I could give a flying fuck that you can repeat, right? Uh, we have birds that can do that. Not a big deal. Parrots, right? <laughs> it was like, that, it's not impressive. What's actually thoroughly impressive and impactful is when you're vibrationally connected to the words that you're using, to the, the practices that you've taken on or the theories or the learning. When you've integrated it, it becomes a state of being and no longer just a description of. This is where it's at. It's the state of being. This is why we have so much therapy. This is why we have so much do the work. We have so much self-care. It's because what we're talking about is not the external appearance of. We're talking about the internal integration of. And you can feel that with people. You can also feel when it's fucking missing. When it's missing, my goddess, it's like a void, right? And you see it. People rush through things, miss things, overlook things because of the fact that they're actually not integrated and not with something. And so here you see that in order for you to bring your work to the world in a way that continues to impact and does beautiful things, you must... You must swallow the medicine that you offer. You must inhabit that thing. You must be with that thing, the texture and the tension of it, the beauty of it, the fuckery of it. And when you're with it, that relationship is lifelong and transformative. And you don't need to wait. This is imposter syndrome shit. You don't need to wait until you... Um, can cross your T's and dot your I's in the ways that others can. You know, you don't have to measure yourself against that ridiculous notion because you're actually in relationship with the things. This is why if you understand the relationship, the principle, the, the ethic, the core root of the belief, 
you'll be a lifelong student and teacher of that thing because you're uh, you're in relationship with the root, not just its appearance. So it can shift, it can evolve, it can change, it can grow. It's not static. So how do I step into deep listening with people is because I've had to also deeply listen to my fucking self. It's because I understand that frequency. I understand space. I understand time. I understand processes. I understand I'm open to all these things so that when I'm with you, when we're talking, I'm listening deeper, deeper and deeper into the layers of your being because I've had to listen and be with the layers of my being. And so if somebody comes with some new fandangled language, I sound like my mother when I say that, some new, you know, hip shit that sounds really like, holy shit, it sounds like a new kid on the block. It's not, you know what I mean? It's like an R&B do-over. It's not, it's not new. It's actually, uh, the title has changed, the naming has changed. But if you understand the essence of the theory or the practice, you can inhabit it in a texture that's all your own, Right? versus mimicking or doing the things that others have told you. And this is where this is all at. This is why the inside matters so much. It is not coming from a perfected state of you having all your shit together. It's not that. It's what do your ethics look like? What does your integration look like? Who are you in this relationship? Because you are not outside of it. This is what leads to martyrdom. This is what leads to that type of sacrifice, right? Where I'm constantly talking about that. I don't want to be the sacrifice or the offering because I know that I've had to put myself in positions or I've, you know, put myself not knowing the difference in positions where I'm the offering and I'm the sacrifice when the truth is, is that what I need to do is be fully inhabited and, and trusting myself, trusting myself both for the correction and trusting myself both for the alignment, right? Like trusting that if I know that I'm doing something that's harmful, if I, if I'm, I'm checking with myself. I'm not just waking up and being like, oh, I can't believe I was being an asshole. No, I'm like, well, that was an assholey thing. Let's then make a correction. Let's do a repair, right? Kind of that thing. So coming back to this idea of offering yourself patience and compassion in your own journey, in your own process, and in your own growing is really to start look at to start looking at what does it mean to have mistakes? Are there such thing as mistakes? Are there what do you believe about process, about growing, about learning, about practicing, being this human that you are? Because what you believe about that can be actually world changing because how you are with yourself unequivocally impacts the work you're doing in the world. We're not outside of it. That's why we have so much fragment and so much shit going on for us because we continuously separate separate ourselves outside of the very thing. And that no longer, never did and no longer can function if you're truly committed to transformational liberatory work in the world. So this is my, this is my shindig for this, um, my shindig, this is my talk, my, my podcast, my topic for this week, um, along with the fact that we're in Sukkot. Sukkot is this temporary, uh, you know, I recently reframed this for myself because I'm not, that uh, temporality sometimes, right, is not, doesn't feel as generative. And just this place of re- like relocating home, relocating center, um, continuously for ourselves, coming, knowing how to come back to ourselves in this holiday, Jewish holiday that offers this like a way, you know, we're all on a journey and everything is temporary. 
Um, and at the same time, we're on our way to something. And so rather than the orientation of being on our way to something, I want to bring it back to we are in the something and the discovery is in the moment that all is beautiful, all is sacred, all is fuckery, all is all the things, right? And that to come home to our center and to be with a compassionate um patience, uh, compassionate patience, and simultaneously gentleness and tenderness is the greatest gift any holiday can give you to remember who you are and to remember the assignment and why we're here. And the root of that thing is a love that is so fierce that your body is still trying to process how loved you are because it has been so unfamiliar in contrast to the story that made you so unlovable. So I send you with the deepest love beyond your capacity to fathom into your day, into your weekend. This is my blessing to you. Always a deep honor to hold space and to be with you. This is your priestess, Gohenet Angelique. I will talk to you next time, mi gente. Adios. Bueno, mi gente. Thank you for joining me on this wild and liberating journey of dismantling the fuckery. Remember, we are the architects of our own liberation. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your people. Do all the things. You know what it takes for us to keep these frequencies rolling. Together, we will transform the world from a place of fuckery into a realm of unapologetic fabulosity. Stay fierce, my loves, stay fabulous, and keep dismantling. And if you want me or need me, yes, you heard me say that right, you know where to find me at priestessingliberation.com. Nos vemos ahorita. Adios.